Welcome to the Beer in a Movie podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about a blockbuster of the summer, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the the sixth installment in the Mission Impossible series. And we'll also take some time to kind of chat about um, Mr. Tom Cruise uh, in general and, you know, maybe his preceding Mission Impossible films and some other highlights or lowlights from his career. But uh, here I am, uh, David Gurney. I'm here with Carlos Cooper and Ethan Thompson and I don't know, guys, I'm a little nervous. Um, I feel like, you know, we're talking about Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. There's a chance that we could find ourselves in some, you know, going through some areas that are a little perilous. Um, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you worried about the Church of Scientology coming yeah, after Well, us? that, that. <laughs> is they just, watch people, man. There's they various, listen. They, they listen. do. There's different, you know areas or regions we could go into that could be risky somewhat precarious (laughs) um i i you know what is it i'm trying to say there's a way of phrasing this about how we could be finding ourselves in territories that are somewhat dodgy it's oh oh i remember (laughs) we may be headed to the danger zone. <laughs> and right there is where I want you to uh, get Gotta that. drop it in, don't <laughs> I? Ooh, see, I thought you were going more for a risky business reference there with it bringing in the risky. Uh, I, when I sat down to prepare for this, um, I, all I could do, I like, I just watched uh, videos from Archer over and over again. Is that right? I'm not an Archer guy. What would, oh, I wasn't either. That's one of his catchphrases. Oh, what what is to the uh, danger we're zone? Journey into a danger zone. Ooh, we're headed into the we're danger zone. The danger zone. And there's a great uh, Kenny Loggins appearance, and also a shot by shot recreation of the danger zone video. Wow. Yes. Okay. Well, you've sold me. I'm going to be watching Archer. <laughs> and and of course, also let it be known, uh, breaking news. As far as I'm concerned. I found this out, you know, it's been a while since we recorded the podcast, Yeah, but there was huge, huge news uh, this July, and that is just a couple of weeks ago that on July 12th, 2019, the greatness that we will bear witness to is the release of Top Gun Maverick. Whoa! Okay, I did. I missed this news. I was yes. kind of. I, I was sequel? out to lunch in right. uh, it's July. It's a sequel, right? It is a sequel. It is in production yeah. as we speak with, with Tom Cruise. With Tom Cruise reprising his uh, his reprising role. his role as Maverick. So um, I get. I'm guessing he's like an instructor now. Correct. Okay. Correct. He's yeah. a flight instructor, and guess what? Guess who he's mentoring? Ooh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that I would go see that. Uh, no, actually, I don't know the name of the star. The, oh, okay. I didn't recognize the name of the guy he's mentoring. But because is it, they blew is it all the Goose's money on Tom son or something? Yes. Okay. Yes, right. he is mentoring Goose's grown son, uh, who you actually see a little bit of in that Great Balls of Fire scene, where they're eating. You don't know Top Gun as well. No, I don't. I'm, I'm terrible. Goose with sings you. Great Balls of Fire. There's okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what it's gonna be. And huh. the co-star is Jennifer Connelly. No Kelly McGillis. Apparently, that did not work out. Yeah, well, that's okay. You know, I mean, that's a, you, you can't expect somebody to uh, marry who they knew in flight school. I don't know or whatever. Right? I mean, <laughs> it's 
things are going to happen. Yeah. After. Well, <laughs> like, you know, if you're, just, right. if you're Tom Cruise, you have to upgrade after well, 25 th- years. This anyways. is big Tom Cruise news, and we will definitely revisit, but this podcast wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't get something into the glasses here. So I'm going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to open up uh, something special I brought here from uh, Allagash Brewing Company. This is FV13. It is a Belgian style golden ale. And I know that the connection here may not seem obvious, but to, to read from their own uh, description, uh, after fermentation in stainless steel with their house yeast, it's transferred to a 2,700-gallon French oak foudre, where it is aged for four years on a blend of wild yeast and lactic acid bar- bacteria. And many of these wild beers that they make are finished with a pure culture of a specific organism. However, with this one, a portion of the previous batch is used to inoculate the beer. So each time they create it, it displays some unique characters, but it also carries the batch before. So I was thinking with Mission Impossible, we have this series of films, that there's always elements of the film preceding it in the series that sort of creep into the It's also quite possible one. that Tom Cruise has stored... Uh, large quantities of his blood ah, over the years yeah, and injects his own blood into his veins Ooh. on a regular basis. So I hadn't thought of that. He's but constantly, you know, <laughs> maintaining his youthful appearance through literally injecting some vintage 88 cruise. <laughs> vintage veins. 88 cruise. Yeah, Do you think that, 88 Some of that cocktail. We're going to have to get down to what we think the best uh, vintage of cruise would be oh, oh we will that you'd want all right cheers gentlemen um this one pours it i mean it true to Ooh. true to uh its name golden right smells delicious Ooh, that that has some acid Ooh, yeah definitely definitely a wild so what wild what year was this i'm sorry um this a recent so one or is this no a this one? one was uh from jesus is probably oh it was bottled in May of 2016, mm. so a couple of years ago. <laughs> That's no bullshit. <laughs> well, there you go. No bullshit. So uh, Mission Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, you know, the sixth installment of the yes. series, uh, a, a very now long-running and very successful series at the box office, uh, kicked off back in the 90s with, was it Brian De Palma? Yeah, it was. I actually, uh, you know, I went and looked through them. It's funny. I have to admit... Uh, I think I've seen probably four out of six, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, It is interesting how they've really cycled through very different directors. Yeah. It goes all the way back to 1996, uh, which was directed by Brian De Palma, and I believe is the one that has the... Correct me if I'm wrong. See, the the like the classic, classic hanging from hanging, a ceiling. Yes, right. Yeah. That that so, appears in. I the mean, first. if you know anything or remember anything from Mission Impossible, that's what you know. Probably, yeah. and that's about all I remember from any of them, including the one that I just <laughs> saw. But yeah, so Brian De Palma did the first, and then uh, John, John Woo, Woo yeah. did the second. Who also the other scene I remember is this motorcycle shootout, this very right. stylized thing with Tom mm-hmm. Cruise, and that Tom Cruise had long hair for yeah. whatever reason. Long at hair, that yeah. Uh, but then uh, apparently that was not very successful, I guess, or was not seen as it. And then J.J. Abrams in yeah. 2006. The third, yeah. And Brad Bird, of all people. I know. Yeah. That Now, that one, I did Iron didn't... Giant, The Incredibles. Right. Classics. Right. So, I mean, leading up to this one, those first three, I saw. I saw those. Yeah. I, I The first two, at least, I saw in the theater. The third, I actually think I saw on a plane. <laughs> I remember coming back from... Uh, 
from Germany when we had gone over to uh, to go for a wedding and and watching that on the plane. And I really liked it at the time. Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up in that one. Yeah, um, I did see that one. Yeah, and, and so so that was yeah. good. But I I missed the prior two installments to this. So so number four and number five. So Brad Bird's and which then, was Ghost Protocol, I right? Think. And then the last one was Rogue Nation, which was. Also written and directed by Christopher McCrary, who right. did this film. Right. Um, and I'm I'm about ninety nine percent sure I never saw the Rogue Nation one. Right. So I, I don't I don't know if it's really important for us to summarize, but I don't think so. I was gonna you know, I just mean basic idea, you have this team, <laughs> you have a mission and this it's impossible team of people, right? Yeah. Who are given an impossible mission. They're they're called the, or they're part of the IMF, right? Impossible mission force. Is that, is that what, what it's called? I think oh so. You're yeah. fucking now. lying. <laughs> no, it is, right? Because they kept saying IMF and I had forgotten that they called it that, and I kept thinking they were talking about the international. Monetary fund, and I'm like, why is this? They're not even doing anything with yeah, like yeah. currency or. But then, no, it, it's it's the impossible. And, you know, I guess yeah. it's been what, what, what? Is it been a month since this this came out? Two, uh, well, as we're recording this, probably yeah. not quite. But by the time it gets released, I mean, I yeah. honestly don't remember anything about the plot, um, and I don't think we have to care about it because it really is. I mean, this is its own genre, which is it's going to be the the, the characteristics of this. This this franchise is that it's going to be a crazy nonstop action movie, and its selling point is not just that it has Tom Cruise as a major star, but that it's going to have a lot of uh, practical effects and quote unquote you know real stunts. Right, and right. Cruise is going to do those stunts, and he as he gets older likes to fashion himself as this legitimate action star, even though. I think some of the publicity was talking about how he's as old as Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. Is that right? Yeah. No. Well, it doesn't seem right, does it? But that's what... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as you said, he doesn't age like the rest of us do. I guess... No, that's that, because yeah, of all that blood, blood. he's yeah, been... Yeah, you know, yeah. That he's, he's, been, he's been stowing up. Uh, but I would say, you know, um, I don't know. This this was... Uh, I thought, you know, they, they did deliberately market and hype this film is like, okay, so you're tired of all the superhero movies, digital effects. This is a good old fashioned action movie with real stunts. And so it does have several centerpieces, I guess, action sequences, which I did find really entertaining. Yeah. And I enjoyed, but at the end of the day, I mean, I actually, we went to see this like a special screening a day earlier or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I expect to try to build word of mouth and everything. Um, you know, I didn't feel the need to tell anyone, hey, you got to go see this movie. Huh. It, it didn't seem that special to me. I did enjoy it um, and liked Tom Cruise in it, despite myself. Yeah. Um, but so far as anything memorable, like I said, I don't remember much of it. I will say this. I enjoyed uh, seeing like this. Uh, I never saw that Superman movie with this guy. Henry Cavill. Isn't he the new Superman? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you so saw Justice League, right? Didn't you watch it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But he's, he's There's a like funny this. story about that movie that ties into Mission Impossible. We'll is get that there right? In a second. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I can't, just don't let me forget. My interest is piqued. Okay, so there's a scene in Justice League after uh, he is revived or like brought back to life uh -huh. after Superman is, and I remember watching it and being like, "What the." what is going on with his face? And there's oh, a weird bit of CGI yeah, on his yeah, face. Yeah. So 
Paramount had signed Henry Cavill to be in this movie. Right. Um, and, you know, as most, you know, big time studios do when they hire big names, they have all these weird clauses in their contracts about what they can and can't do while they're filming this movie. Uh, Justice League is a big pile of crap, so it has to go back into reshoots right. while Mission Impossible is uh, filming. Okay. Um, Henry Cavill has a mustache in Mission Impossible, he does but indeed. not in Justice League as no. Superman. <laughs> and so, so they, Warner Brothers asks Henry Cavill to shave his mustache. Paramount says, you can go fuck yourself. He's keeping the mustache. It's in his contract. Uh, figure it out. Wow. And so they spent like a quarter million dollars CGIing <laughs> out his mustache <laughs> because Amen. Paramount played their hand accordingly. That's and awesome. Said, no, you're not doing this. Well and, worth it, I think. One of the... And it made Justice League even shittier than it would have been. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. Like, it's, it's good to know that they blew that much more money on that piece of crap. Yeah, yeah right. They, I, I did, re- did revisit one of our earlier episodes yeah. for, <laughs> for our, t- our no, take on that. There, yeah. Uh, I did really enjoy the scene uh, with Hen- Henry Cavill fighting in that uh, the bathroom, the lavatory fight was yeah, good. I mean, that was that was a hardcore, you know, punch scene. I mean, it was just like brutal fist fighting yeah. and and throwing people through walls. And yeah, I'm I'm on board with where where you uh, where you landed on this one. That the action um, sequences are really well done. I mean, yeah. they're just you know the that fight in the bathroom, them jumping out of the plane, the you know the crazy um, attempt at sort of. Uh, taking the guy out of the armored truck. Yes, yes, in the water. Yes, the water, the the motorcycle chase. I mean, there's all of these elements of action that are just done really well. I mean, they pull all of those off. I had no problem with any of that. But like you say, from the get-go, and me having not seen the prior two films, like there are things that they're kind of referencing, like they want you to kind of know, like there are characters that show up, and this is kind of getting back to the idea of like each film kind of borrows from the one before it. Like there's this female character in the, um, is her name, Ilsa, right? Um, Who shows up, who apparently her and Ethan have some sort of relationship or Or whatever they could have or whatever. But I, I hadn't known her. I know I had seen the wife. I think she showed up in the third film, if I remember. Yeah. So I yeah. remember Michelle Monaghan, I think, is the actress who had yes. been his love interest slash wife who then ended up getting out of the picture, I guess, over the course of four and five and now gets kind of pulled back in. Towards yeah, the that end. was one of the things about the film that I thought... Um I don't know. It, it kind of goes through like every possible cliche you could have in an action movie. Yeah. It felt like to me, you know, right. like the old nemesis who's going to come and get him. Right. Oh, the the wife from the past who we thought was dead is going to show up. Right. You know, right. oh, and then there's a new love interest too. And oh, wait, they're going to turn against him. The government's going to turn against him. You know, yeah. every single thing uh, is kind of in there. Um, so far as the references to the past films, you know, I, I kind of felt that they they were there for those people. I guess there are those people that really care about the franchise and will know that stuff. I, but I, I felt as someone who didn't give a shit, yeah. like I could just roll with it and right. not really care. Like I, I think the narrative continuity stuff is probably more hang up for the screenwriters on these than it yeah, is the audience. Right, right. I, you know, like the Mission Impossible, at least as far as I know, isn't a series that has inspired that kind of fervent fan community who get, I mean, I'm sure there are. I don't, I, somebody's going to, be hitting us up on <laughs> on Facebook with like you've totally discounted, but I'm gonna I get think, a flurry of tweets right. from at Mission Impossible fan club right, on Twitter. Right, hunters would they, would they call themselves you hunters? Nerds. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but but you know that but I think you know less so than like any of these other franchises we've looked at like yeah. Star Wars or you know it I think of this more akin to the Bond series in that it really doesn't matter if you saw Goldfinger when you go to see you know you only live twice or that you know it you could watch any of those films out of sequence and there may be small things that they kind right, of carry right, over right. but it's not going to put you at too much of a deficit and just the basic idea is Bond agent badass can do whatever the hell he wants blah you know go, but, go. It, but, yeah but the thing about this series is um it's it's more like the most recent incarnation of bond in that it's pretty humorless right i'm trying to think if there's anything funny even though simon Pegg is in, in yeah the film, yeah there's just not i mean tom cruise is not a funny guy in this movie although he no. can be sometimes he has been once Tropic Thunder, he was funny. And, yeah. And I was Tropic, at, that's it. There it is. Well, he was apparently in one of the Austin Power movies. He, that's one of his yeah. I have he no was, memory of that. He was, but he was only in it at the very, very end of, I want to say, okay. Gold Member. In the end credits, he shows up uh, as okay. Mike right. Myers. Like He's like playing Austin Powers or whatever. Okay. Oh, like, interesting. That entire end sequence in that movie is other people being the characters from the film. Like John Travolta's in there oh, right. as Goldmember. Was, was that the second m- movie? I think that it was, was the like third. Everybody wanting to get on the franchise before it was played itself out. I think that happened in the third movie. Okay. When it was playing itself out. I, I mean, could be wrong about that, though. Yeah, I mean, he can do funny-ish, I mean, with, with some of his other roles, and I guess maybe that's going to take us away from, from this film, but I agree with you. that This Mission Impossible and the others, from what I recall, um, they, they aren't heavy on the humor. I mean, there, there could have been more dialogue kind of punched in there, especially give some good lines to Simon Pegg or, uh, yeah, or Ving yeah. Rhames, for that matter. Well, let's talk about Ving Rhames for a second. Okay. I don't know. What do you think about him? <laughs> I, I think he's looking a little out of shape, and I, I don't know. I think he's <laughs> well, past his prime. I don't think that I think about Ving Rhames. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, if you see him in a film, you would think like, oh, so he's still a thing. Ving Rhames is still around. <laughs> okay. He's done some good work. Is. I mean, you know, he, not he, mad at him. I just. No, no. I mean, I, I was just looking at him wondering like, um, I don't know. I thought, honestly, I figured he was going to catch a bullet. I thought this was it. You thought, I thought this, this would be it, it for him? Rames. This is the way that he gets out of the franchise, or they get him out of the franchise. I mean, I will say, I can't recall the last film that I saw him in. Um, He's one of those guys that's just in stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you just, like, are watching a movie, and like, oh, hey, there's Ving Rames. Yeah. And like, I thought he died 10 years ago, but right. now there he is. Right, but he has, I mean, looking at his filmography, I mean, he, he has been in he's he's kept working i mean it's not like he's getting starring roles and anything but he's showing up there i mean i'm sure he's made some good money and and just kind of i mean how could you say no when it's like hey can you shoot like 10 scenes in this film and you're not really even gonna have to do any action i mean the action will kind of all be happening around you you can just like collect the paycheck it seems like an easy yeah it's easy a go yes. for me I mean, yeah, yeah you know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, i don't know I'm why just, not I'm, I'm not faulting him i'm just wondering well, uh, if, if he's necessary they, they yeah, could have I, I was i don't know right right well and he is the uh you know used as the pivotal uh initial kind of conflict where yeah uh ethan hunt the tom cruise character has to uh decide is he going to safeguard or grab that case of plutonium yeah, or is he going to save his uh his buddy and he ends up going for the saving his buddy saving his team member he can see all right do we have anything else to say about this film can we, <laughs> let's just go on to Tom Cruise well so so a film like this what is it supposed to do how does it function I mean I I introduced it earlier saying it's like 
it is a summer blockbuster. I mean, it seems sort of tailor-made for that kind of middle of summer, like you want to go see something that has no intellectual investment to it, that it's all just, hey, is it's going to give me that sort of, um, you know, loud noises, spectacle. Yeah, and I think it does a good job of that, and I'd rather watch this than a bunch of stupid robots turning into machines or whatever. Crap, Transformers. Well, they would already be machines garbage. if they were robots, but I actually understand. <laughs> um, Don't make right. me explain Transformers <laughs> yeah. to you. Oh, the, did you see? Oh, I, I would love to hear anybody try to explain those Transformers. They're robots in general. disguise. They're going to do a single one, right? They're doing a spinoff. Yes. I saw the, yeah, the Bumblebee. Story. I think Bumblebee. it was before I saw this. They saw the trailer for uh, I saw the, the trailer movie. for Bumblebee. Yeah, don't yeah. listen for that one on the podcast. No, I, no. I think we'll skip that one. For sure. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, Joe may feel really uh I just passionate about it i just want to know why 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 mission Impossible? like why did why are there six of these why does it i mean well I, they keep making money i why why not <laughs> i mean why i've had not? so many people say like oh have you seen mission impossible oh are you gonna go see it oh right. you know blah 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 and it's like why why do you give a shit about yeah. this it's the same thing over and over That's and over point. again it's a genre movie. And, no you're you're right i mean but they don't even like really change like uh, there are a lot of genre movies that do something different with it or they'll twist something up or maybe right. they'll like take it to the next level and make it like crazy violent and over the top if it's like that right. kind of genre movie you know whatever but they don't do anything different in any of these except that at different one point they stunts, brought in simon peg yeah it's different just, settings different, different stunts. every time it's well tom cruise is still doing his own stuff that's cool right and i was like yeah. no i don't care first of all i can't even look at him second of all <laughs> I, it's just they're, you can't look at him. I, I can't watch him on screen. It's so hard. Wow. Um, there's very few movies I can get through with him, but uh, so, there's be, there's better stuff in the theater right now. Like yeah. Eighth Grade is what, out. What is a, no, uh, that's not an action movie. Why would The you Spy Who that? Dumped Me is Why out. would you compare that? It d- makes better. no sense to compare those movies. Well, the this, Spy Who Dumped Me? That's an action movie. Action comedy. Well, yeah. 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 Which probably we should have seen instead of this one. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think, you know, you, you are making, I think, a good case for why does somebody who love, loves movies need to see this film? And I don't think that and, there's a strong there's reason for that. Yeah. But why does this work? Why does this make money? I know why it works, and it makes me sad. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you know, you went off about people being highfalutin and not liking <laughs> fucking Space Jam. Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a genre movie, but and it name delivers on what name it's one other to do. movie like Space Jam. No, you now now to uh, Mr. Pe- Peepers. What was that Don Knotts? Oh, song? oh, I, uh, uh, Mary Poppins. Mister, wait, uh, Incredible Mr. Limpet. Incredible Mr. Limpet. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, name one. Like name one other cartoon, real life basketball movie, well, or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You're going for the hybrid See, cartoon. I'm talking about as a genre. There's other movies like well, it. F- just fair, like, but that has sports and I mean, I there's enough. There's enough of. I a, will give Carlos that Space Jam is kind of a. It's a unique kind of film. I mean, there's very few films that take like the most legendary basketball player of all time and put him into the Looney Tunes universe. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the only one. Fantastic. It's, it's, yes. the, it's the only, only one. Great true. premise. It is the only it, movie It's a one-off. Started. Although, if we get this sequel with with LeBron James, I can get to see Carlos's head explode, and so I'm kind of hoping. And you will. <laughs> but, but no, back to, you know, Ethan's right. I mean, this is... 
a genre film. This is for those who love action films, who want to see car chases, who want to see things explode, who want to see last minute rescues, who want, you know, dangling off cliffs. I mean, all of that that. is there. All of that is there. And I grew up seeing some of the, you know, like the, the 80s was chock full of action films that I think had even less intelligence there's no i mean and having said that there's no chance i don't think there's well i shouldn't say there's no chance but you know is it a movie like die hard that people are going to want to watch no 30 years later no no probably not it doesn't have the same charm as that right it's just a popcorn movie right that serves its purpose yeah and for me anyway um you know and if you're like you know, what would you do with this now? This is a movie that I think you could like this. You could enjoy at home on your big as big as TV as you have with the volume up loud. And it would be a fun movie to watch with yeah. a bunch of people. Well, and I think, that, you know, to to go there with like wh- what would this have to offer anybody who, who wants to see a, th- a thinking person's film, so to speak? I will say watching it because it had been a while since i had seen a bond film or any like real like spy kind of secret agent whatever film in a while and i was thinking about it in the context of our current moment where like intelligence agencies are all kind of being scrutinized and and or at least talked about in different ways than we normally kind of think about them um or that we have traditionally and that they're they're kind of being questioned in ways. It was kind of interesting. I don't think it plays on any of that. There, no, there's nothing kinda, in there that tells me that they actually right sort of like cooked that into the, it, no. right? But there were times where I was thinking like, oh, it's interesting to think about what is this government or or this well, rogue agency, right? That right, that, that he's above. defending. Yeah. Who is it that he would answer to, or that his team would answer to? And it, it really doesn't get too much into that, although it does a little bit in kind of the politicking with uh, Baldwin's character and uh, Angela Bassett's uh, yeah. character. I mean, it's analogous, but, I guess, in a lot of ways to 24, which I yeah. think was a great TV series. Right, it right. was a lot of fun and entertaining. How do you feel politically about... Politically repugnant at times, perhaps, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you feel about the... Uh, being, again, our resident TV historian... How do you feel about the original Mission Impossible series? Do you have uh, you know any? What? I have a warm, special spot for that series in my heart uh, because it's one of the shows that I discovered as a, I don't know, junior high student maybe mm-hmm. um, on Nick at Night. Yeah. It was on Nick at Night. Like that and, and I Spy, I think. Yeah, were, yeah. The, exactly. Yeah. I love those shows. And they also uh, kind of are, they're part, I, they can't be separated from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is kind of interesting to watch these things because the show is kind of campy. Um, I don't know if in time, maybe not at the time. Like right. in retrospect, it seems a little campy. And of course, this is all totally up to date. But the, this is one of the things that I thought about the idea that you would have like this physical material that would catch fire. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> right? Still, they're still staying true to that. Like that is yeah. in the original TV series. Like the message blows up, and yeah. it's still it's not like getting encrypted and anything like digital. It's still like physical material. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't remember what your question was, Dave. Well, just saying how you <laughs> felt about the original series. Yeah, I mean, and, I haven't. Yeah. It's not something I've gone back and watched again because I bet right. I wouldn't think a whole lot of it. Right. Um, and you know, it is. It was a TV show with obviously a far lower budget than yeah. this could possibly have. Right. Uh, and they haven't like other shows that have gone back or other movies that have gone back, you know, to TV shows. Uh, they haven't tried to do this retro. Um, 
version of it, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that they took this premise and really it's interchangeable because it could be any spot. Like, is this really any different from, um, I don't know. What's the Matt Damon one? I'm trying to think of. born identity. Born, born identity. I mean, it's, they're really similar as genre, like types sure. of action movies. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Though, though I do think, and I mean, this this is kind of a tangent, but you bring it up The you know, the Born Identity, the Born series kind of has that, I think, um, existential dimension yeah, right. of who is this person? What does it mean that he's been trained yeah. and he doesn't have this like memory right. of it? You know, I don't know. So th- there's sort of this philosophical right. layer in, there in that this, doesn't appear. And doesn't no, there's in no, I mean, the, the closest we get to any sort of like. Um, you know, sort of uh, internal, uh, you know, thought processes. You know, Ethan and his relationship with the, his wife, his former right, wife, right. and the, but that's like you say, that's cliche. That's and like some of the most, right. you know, it's, yeah, stock stuff there. So, well, I think we should take a break. Well, and let's when we be, come back. Uh, well, let's talk about the beer and then talk more about Tom Cruise. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good, 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 sounds good. Wrapping up this discussion of Mission Impossible, what do we think of the FV13 here? I'm curious, Carlos, I saw your reaction, it was pretty strong earlier, so I don't know, what do you think? I know this is a pretty extreme sour. Yeah, yeah, it is. It had, I mean, it... It has a um, nose that I believe may have singed my nose hairs. <laughs> um, a smell that really packs a punch. And right. yeah, I mean it's uh, it's got some bite to it. I would say. Yeah. Uh, I, I you know for a lot of the time that we were talking about that that movie, um, I mean I didn't have a whole lot to say about it, obviously, except for why, which you know you know heard you heard earlier. But the whole time I was really racking my brain trying to figure out what to say about the beer, like how to, because I don't, I don't think I have the uh, vocabulary to properly describe what that beer tasted like. Okay. But it was good. Oh, I liked right. it. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. It took me a second to kind of adjust to it. I I guess maybe because I just I didn't I didn't know what it was. So mm-hmm. have we had any Allagash on the show before? That's a good Maybe question. I, I don't think so. No, I think Brewery Dave. I think this is the first Allagash we've had. And yeah, so Allagash Brewery out of uh, Portland, Maine. They were really part of. Well, I mean, they, they were kind of part of a wave of craft beer yeah. back in the '90s. They came along doing Belgian style, uh, and I'm from Maine originally, so I kind of, as I was coming into drinking age, that's as they were kind of coming into the market and. Um, they're they're white. They they're Allagash White, which is a wit beer, a a, a wheat beer. <laughs> and the people at the and yeah, the people I at the brewery yeah, are I, I, white. I, I yes, thought hey. you were saying they are white. Likely, <laughs> not not like not T H E I R, but like they are white. And I was Ye- like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but but that is their flagship, the Allagash White. Okay. Um, it, it's a very easy drinking uh, kind of. Uh, Belgian wit. And now, do they have distribution in Texas? They did at one time. You used so to much. be able to get some of their beer here, yeah. but then they kind of pulled back. And they're, they're a kind of interesting case where I think they're, they do distribute out of state, but they also, I think, have put a lot of focus on some of these more, um, I don't 
want to say extreme. That's not the right word, but like more the wild ales and yeah. the, and the you know more sour, more fruit. I remember that they editions. were pretty accessible in in Georgia, so maybe yeah. on the East Coast. Yeah, I yeah. think I yeah. think you're right. I think they kind of stay with the East Coast. Although they make it into Chicago, yeah. certainly. That so they have distribution. Our listeners may be able to get them where they are, depending on where they are. I guess but Allegash White. That's like the that's going to be standard. the one you're going to find yeah. normally. But then some of these other ones, like this FE13, and some of the other series. So they're they're kind of a you know at this point I think they're looked at as one of the uh, you know real sort of uh, forefathers of American craft brewing um, you know n- not quite maybe at the same echelon as you know uh, Sierra Nevada and uh, and Stone and yeah, some of those other of ones that, like Dogfish Head and- but, but a close sort mm-hmm. of second tier there that uh, that they get around and, and they get a lot of respect so well I'm glad you liked it Carlos I mean I definitely think it's one that you know if it's if I'm talking to somebody who doesn't like sour ales don't touch it. It's not going to be any. Yeah. You're, but but if you're somebody who likes that and can and can kind of get down with it, I think it's really good. I wouldn't want to drink a whole bottle of that myself, honestly. It's it's a bit. Uh, it's good to share. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, it is. Yeah, that whole bottle by yourself would take yeah. quite some time. Right. Yeah. Now I see you've got a, another bottle out now that um, I believe is um, now w- topic appropriate. David isn't. David, in my experience. Doing this podcast so far, what I think is like episode twelve that we're on right now, is not big on the reveal. Um, <laughs> that's something that that I, for me, is important. Like I don't want you to see the beer that I brought until until it's time, until yeah. we're recording and like you know, and then I'm like, you know, bust it out and this is what it is, and mm-hmm. especially if there's some kind of like joke behind yeah. it or something yeah. like that. Um, David usually not so much. He just comes in, puts them in the fridge. Like I, you know whatever but he brought this one in in a brown bag it's true. And, and and kept it kept it secret for a minute yeah yeah no <laughs> the payoff was worth it i, I okay. think it was secret from himself because when he realized <laughs> what he had brought and remembered <laughs> he actually let out a cackle well there yes i, I cackle though that's what that's so what this is something that uh our listeners may have encountered before most likely yeah if you're a craft beer drinker S- speaking of you like can definitely one of the, get it yes right speaking of uh one of the uh forefathers of the American craft beer scene. Yeah. This is a classic from the Stone Brewery, although now I think they call, right, don't they have a different name now? Oh, it's like a label for this line. Yes. They call it Arrogant. They call it Arrogant Brewing now. It says, you don't even see Stone on the label. It's brewed and bottled by Arrogant Brewing. That is interesting. But this is originally a Stone beer called Arrogant Bastard Ale, and I'll let listeners make the connection. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what what the story is on that decision. That is interesting. I read about it a little while ago. I, I think basically the idea was that they wanted to focus the Stone brand more with the kind of um, hop forward stuff, the stuff that was going to be more um, chasing trends in the marketplace, even though they might not and put it that way. Just the but they were going to hold on, hold on to some of those older uh, recipes under this different label. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I mean, well, it is kind of I don't know. It's like the, I mean, they do know, the, I, 24, 28 ounce, thirty ounce, whatever Foster's right. can of IPA. Arrogant. They do that well, in uh in 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 fashion and stuff too. Like Adidas has different labels, like the Y right. three or the Easy Label or whatever, so that they can keep making basketball shoes and running shoes with Adidas and do like well, you know higher fashion elsewhere. I mean, that's what, well, similar. that's the, that's the thing is I wonder, you know, this 
Arrogant Bastard is not a beer that you would buy because you are, um, you know, you want to share a refined IPA with friends. It's because it's an obnoxiously hoppy <laughs> IPA, right? Well, so it's, it's, almost, it's an I American mean, it's, strong ale. Well, I was going to say it's not even an IPA. That's, okay, it's uh, yeah. You're, I think I think you're right. I think the the designation is strong ale. Um, because the first time I ever had it, I I wasn't like even really into beer at the time. I was just somewhere with a friend that was drinking and he was like oh try this and i was like right. what the fuck is yeah, it was way more intense than i was prepared for right um, no i mean yes for somebody who's not a craft beer drinker so i had to figure be... out what this was because i hadn't experienced anything quite Ooh. like it before that's not a good sign yeah i don't know this doesn't smell this is weird right to me i don't know if it this is like right a this got like light struck or something this is <laughs> It smell. It doesn't smell right, does it? Oh, no, there. And you tasting that? Yeah, it's kind it's of like it's vile. like it's like the uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like the ginger one that we yeah, had yeah. for Isle of Dogs. Oh, that God. has a similar type of um, mustiness to uh, it. It's, it. The date on is is eighteen. Oh my God! Something went wrong. This is like straight up. Uh, what what is that? What is the acid and bile? Is it butyric acid? Asking the wrong guy. Oh my God. I mean, it really like that's the, nothing you want to drink. The, clo- the closest <laughs> I can come to, I mean, now we're getting. Re- we usually Sorry, don't guys. Talk about, we usually don't talk about taste until the end, but yeah, I'm just can't ignore it. This is terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Oh I, my god! I've, uh, back in the day, I've, <laughs> I, I, I have had uh, pictures ha- of this stuff in the past, and it is way more drinkable than that. Oh is. no! Yeah, it, I have a backup. Should we need it? <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're gonna press pause because I, I think we have to. Um, let us regroup. Arrogant. Uh, if if you maybe they turn production this over to someone else and it's gone I, horribly I wrong. I think I think it's been <laughs> infected with body thetans. I think I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Zenu is uh, poisoning uh, us here. Is, oh oh my god! It, uh, my. Whatever you guys are talking about is going way over my head. <laughs> I have to say Scientology references. Uh, okay, okay, back on track. Um, All right, I bought a beer on the way to our recording session that I could not figure out how to tie in, but that I just hadn't tried and sounded pretty good. So that's going to be our alternate to the, uh, anything rancid, that arrogant bastards. Terrible, uh, terrible taste out of my mouth. That, that we got. So I've got from a uh, Santa Fe brewing company established 1988. Oh yeah. Um, Imperial Java stout. Nice. Oh, Hey, you seem a little tired. Maybe you should have some coffee quote unquote. And by coffee, we mean beer. And by beer, we mean a can of this Imperial Stout made with locally roasted coffee beans. And then it has a picture of a uh, coffee mug in the saucer like you get at the nice coffee shops. Uh And it says before noon. And then it has a picture of a beer mug and it says afternoon. Nice, nice. Well, there you go. So so it's an ale with coffee beans. This bad boy clocks in at 8%. All right. Well, thank you for having this backup on hand. Ooh, nice. (sighs) Um, I did. Uh, I wanted to say I found a tie-in. Oh, to New Mexico. Okay, let's hear it. Um, in a, I'm reading from Wikipedia. <laughs> in a bulletin dated May 5th, 1980, L. Ron Hubbard told his oh, followers yeah. to preserve his teachings until an eventual reincarnation when he would return, not as a religious leader but as a political one. Um, uh, and that a sister organization of Church of Scientology has engraved Hubbard's entire corpus of Scientology and Dianetics texts, which there's quite a few, I understand, Yeah, on steel tablets stored in titanium <laughs> containers, and they are buried at the Trementina base in a vault under a mountain 
near Trementina, New Mexico. Ah, uh, so, so so New Mexico, a place that must be very important for Mr. Tom Cruise. I bet he has mm-hmm. journeyed there a time or two. Right, it's probably like a mecca. Bless the land, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> did, did he bless the rain down in New Mexico? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> Have you never heard the song Africa by Toto? Oh, <laughs> there you go. It, which has been a hot topic these days. Tom with, Cruise uh, to me is just as absurd as the lyrics to Africa by Toto. Wow. wow nice. Well, it is one of those songs that's miraculous. You still hear it on the radio. Oh, well, it's had I mean, a resurgence. But it's had the resurgence with Weezer doing their yeah. cover of it oh, this I didn't summer. Even yeah, that. yeah, that's, that's been that's not a... necessary. It, no, it wasn't. <laughs> even I think even Rivers Cuomo does not think it's necessary. When they performed it live on Kimmel, and he was reading the lyrics yeah. off of a tablet that he had in front of his microphone. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I mean, it was like a fan thing, right? We're, yeah, we're... people were tweeting at him just right. like jokingly, "Cover Africa by Toto." Yeah. And so they covered Rosanna first. It's to kind of that, troll, that's a yeah. legit song. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, I, feel, I feel like we're gonna have to do a yacht rock episode. Okay, we're dangerously off course. But <laughs> yeah, I sorry, did, Tom Cruise. I, over the course of today, I did find a aquarium drunkard yacht rock playlist on oh. Spotify, Spotify that has over 300 songs. So wow. <laughs> I right, think we'll, we'll be playing and discussing each of them on the next episode. Okay, we'll have to think about what movie to tie into that. Maybe FM. All right, guys. So um, I want you. You know, Captain make Ron. sure, you know, we're all sitting here with our laptops open, um, but please make sure uh, that you're not currently on Tom Cruise's IMDb page because I have a game I'd like to play with you. Okay. okay. My Wi-Fi is turned off, so I'm unplugged. I'm not on his all right. IMDb page. All right. All right. Then I, I think I can trust you. You know, I was um, looking through, looking through his IMDb page earlier and Struck by how many of the films from the 80s were really like kind of iconic movies mm-hmm. from my youth that I remember well and that he became such a star, you know, The Outsiders, Risky Business, All the Right Moves. You mentioned Top Gun earlier. Top Gun, of course, Color of Money, mm. Cocktail, Rain Man, all those things. And then, you know, of course, his, he's gone on and he's consistently made films, but some less memorable, less iconic than others. Mm-hmm. There in the 80s, early 90s, he really had a string, just one after another, these big hit movies. And then as he's gotten older, not surprisingly, you know, some may be less memorable. In fact, I was reading some of these films and I thought, like, I have no memory of this movie at all. So what I would like to do is uh, play a game called Forgotten Tom Cruise Movie or Bullshit. Okay. And I'm going to read you the premise of a film, and you're going to tell me whether that is a Tom Cruise movie. Okay. Bonus points if you can tell me what it is. Okay. Or bullshit. Okay. A made-up premise. So, for instance, (laughs) if I were to say a young lawyer joins a prestigious law firm only to discover that it has a sinister dark side. Oh, come on. You would say what? The Firm. The Firm. Of course. I haven't even seen that movie, and I know that. (laughs) I haven't either. That's on the list of Tom Cruise films I have not seen. I definitely did. Was that Gene Hackman in it with him? I want to think it was. Anyway. Yeah. 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 It's neither here nor there right now. All right. So um, Don't go to his IMDb page, dude. Here we go. All right. Here's, Here's one for you. A veteran assigned to extract Earth's remaining resources begins to question what he knows about his mission and himself. (laughs) Tom Cruise movie or bullshit? 
You you got it's a feeling bullshit. here? It's bullshit, yeah. Bullshit? One bullshit and one definitely gonna, does not remember it. But I'm going to say it, it probably might. is a Tom Cruise movie, but I could not tell you what one it is. That is a Tom Cruise movie, believe it or not. Oblivion from 2013. Oh. And in fact... was and I di- remember I remember that movie. I have no memory of this, but it was directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who's directing the new Top Gun movie. So apparently he gets along well. Obl- okay, yeah, right. Oblivion, the soundtrack was done by... Um, Oh, why can't I remember? M83, is that the name of the band? Oh, really? Uh, okay. Well, that sounds like and, worth listening to. <laughs> yeah, like and it, uh, it was released by Mondo. The Oblivion was originally um, conceived as a graphic novel, uh, which there is a version of it that exists in graphic novel form now, but I don't think that anything happened with it in that format, and so... And I think also the intention from the very beginning was to make a graphic novel that would then get adapted get into, turned a into a film. Okay. Huh, interesting. Uh, All right. All right. But the, the extracted resources just seem so vague and yeah. ridiculous yeah. that I was like, no, you're full of it. Yeah. All right, so here's another one. A young woman gets mm-hmm. mixed up with a disgraced spy who's trying to clear his name. Tom Cruise movie. Tom yeah. Cruise movie? Yeah. I can tell you which one it is, too. Oh, okay. let's hear it. Night and Day. Nice. Oh. Starring Tom Cruise and, and Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, that's good. right. I didn't see that one, but At now that you... 2010, yeah. I don't know how I missed this one, but yes, indeed. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I remember seeing now, the trailer Now, that was, a, that a, was a comedy of a, right? Uh, or sorts, I yeah. guess. I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. So. All right. Okay, here's another one. A I felt small, pretty good about that. Just yeah, so everybody you know, well done. That My well confidence done. is at an all-time All right. A small-town girl and a city boy meet on the Sunset Strip while pursuing their Hollywood dreams. Tom Cruise movie or bullshit? <laughs> I'm going to say bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Bullshit. <sighs> that was Rock of Ages from 2012. Oh! Yeah. Rock of Ages. Yes. Rock of Ages. I avoided that one. Yeah, yeah I did too. There wasn't any uh, mention of like rock and roll in the description, so I... I didn't okay. it, but, Yeah, but Sunset um, Strip. Yeah, 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 yeah no, I get sense, it. Okay, okay. All right, here's another one. A young Amish boy is so witness. Witness. It seems like it could be a Tom Cruise movie, right? Like if they redid it, it would be with Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. Easily. Okay. <laughs> It's uh, a good segment. I like this. All right, how about this? A young man must stop the Lord of Darkness from destroying daylight and marrying mm. the woman he loves. Tom Cruise movie. Oh, was that Legend? Legend. That is correct. Yeah. Is the actual movie Tom Cruise was making in 1985 not Witness? Okay. All okay. right. Let's see. Tim Curry, right? Find another one here. Was he in that? Isn't he like the devil? I, I see. Figure? I never saw Legend. I knew I based s- on I the description. I saw about a half hour of it, and I was okay. like, "This is awful." And I turned it off. <laughs> it was Ridley Scott, wasn't it? I think you're right. Uh, which one? Legend? Legend? Yes. It oh, is wow. Ridley Scott, yes. Okay. After enslavement and near extermination by an alien race in the year 3000, humanity begins to fight back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that one. Edge you of Tomorrow. Right? No. Wait, what? I was thinking that too, but... Man, Wait, isn't that what it... Trick question. Battlefield Earth. Not a Tom Cruise oh, movie. Oh, but a Scientology, Scientology movie. movie. A Scientology oh, okay, movie starring... Okay. John Travolta. Yeah, a, a notorious bomb. There's a yeah, yeah. really good How Did This Get Made episode about that movie. How it got made, John Travolta. <laughs> All right, here we go. Injuries sustained by two army rangers behind enemy lines in Afghanistan set off a sequence of events involving a congressman, a journalist, and a professor. I'm, bullshit? Yeah, I guess I'm going to say bullshit, too. Actually, a Tom Cruise movie. Okay. Also starring uh, Robert Redford, I believe. What? Lions for Lambs, 2007. Oh. 
I remember the title, but I don't. Never saw. I have never heard of that movie in my life. Easy to forget. Easy to forget. Okay, how about this one? A brood of fire-breathing dragons emerges from the earth and begins setting everything ablaze, establishing dominance over the planet. Well, that is a movie, right? But it's <laughs> yeah, not. It that's is. Rain, Rain of Fire. Fire. Very good. Yeah. Is that Matthew McConaughey? Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Okay, I don't right. know. I just felt like. No, that's good. It, 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 yeah, yeah. But he might have been in that. Uh, he could have been. There in was that. there was another um, action star in it, like Vin Diesel or Jason, Jason Statham, Statham or something it, like maybe? that. Okay. It was like yeah. one of those types. All right, you yeah, got one more. A, or, I do, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's just because I got, I started thinking about uh, Matthew McConaughey and how it could have been Tom Cruise. Because then there's, a, you remember Sahara? Yeah, yes. great movie. That was that was Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Steve's a great on. movie? I thought that one. Oh, tanked. it's so stupid. Oh, but okay. it's yeah, like so I much fun. Even, I can't even bring myself. The premise is so Master Explorer Dirk Pitt. <laughs> goes on the adventure a of a lifetime seeking out a lost Civil War battleship known as the Ship of Death in the deserts of West Africa while helping a World Health Organization doctor being hounded by a ruthless dictator. Wow. Lots going on with Sahara. The premise Nothing to do with Tom Cruise, but... So, yeah. so the big like reveal in that movie is just as absurd as the premise, and it's that... Uh, during the Civil War, most of the Sahara, a large chunk of the Saharan Desert had like rivers flowing through it. And so what is now just dry land, uh-huh. this um, ship that somehow ended up in Africa for whatever reason, uh-huh. uh, you know, ran into like a shallow spot and washed ashore and then, or like washed up and then, it all dried out and it was now you know, there where nobody it. would look for mm-hmm. it. Or so historical fiction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very uh, fun movie though. Steve's on, you know, well, that Steve's on is good, but yeah, playing. I noticed he was in that. So, um, Dude, I know Carlos is this, has is this the end of the game or this is the end of the game, uh, man. I was having fun. And I think I, you won. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I don't know. I didn't, you know, there's a lot of movies we can play more later perhaps. Uh, but I realized looking at this list, I started thinking about the, the Tom Cruise movies that I have never seen. And I'm there's a lot there's a lot not, for me. Well, I have to say I'm surprised that I haven't seen at least one of these films. I've never seen The Firm. I haven't either. I haven't seen Jack Reacher, which I heard is good. And I that's, haven't either. That's wait, no, stupid. That's the one with Werner Herzog. Maybe I have seen that. Right, Werner Herzog's in it. I think he's in it. Yeah. It's the same director, I think, as Mission Impossible. It's the Macquarie guy. Okay. Who made that? Um, yeah, Werner Herzog shows up and stuff from time to time. Yeah, I believe he's the bad guy in it. I think so. Yeah, and I just checked. It, the, Gene Hackman is in the yes, firm. Yes, he is. Either. He's the Zek. He's the Zek. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I have seen that, but not the firm, nor the Last Samurai. Another. I've well, seen a bit of the no. Last Samurai, but I didn't see all of it. I, or actually, you know, I did think I, I think I saw it, but I was like fifteen or something. But there is this one canon movie that I have not seen: Jerry Maguire. Oh, oh. It's terrible! Never seen Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I think I'll live the rest of my life probably without. You don't need it, to. Yeah, it's a, a '90s Cameron Crowe. I mean, as long as you can understand what, what people say when they say "Show me the money," I do. I understand that. Okay. Or you had me at hello. I mean, that that right. Yeah. This is this is a tangent that is related to Tom Cruise insofar as my feelings for this person are very similar to my feelings for Tom Cruise. But seriously, fuck Cameron Crowe. He is one of. <laughs> 
The podcast just took a turn. We're going into territory that were unexpected. He's one Stay of the, tuned. He's one of the worst filmmakers. We know I some of y'all seen. love he, Almost now, Famous. We're gonna now hear from I will you. give you. He has made some terrible movies. He is especially he the is, last 15, 16 years. He's one of the worst writer directors that's ever lived. Well, I mean. but come on, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, good the, movie. The Almost Famous. Uh, okay, movie. Singles. Singles? Didn't see singles. Okay. But I'm aware of its cult status. Right. Now, th- those... Th- now, so I had... Say anything some is trash. Say anything is what? trash? Awful movie. Awful movie. Mm. See, I had I had a certain kind of reverence for him right up until about Almost Famous. I mean, through Almost Famous. And then I think the one after that was Elizabethtown, which... I don't even know that I actually saw, but I could, I could tell from the trailer I didn't care about. And so anyway, that, it was, oh wait, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla, Vanilla Sky. Sky is yes. a terrible Tom Cruise It's a terrible movie Tom Cruise movie. I like That's Vanilla Sky. Ooh, I, I like Vanilla it insofar it's, it's overly ambitious and he found himself in a place, uh, Cameron yeah. Crowe, found himself in a place where he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I respect him for taking advantage of that and making this bonkers movie. Uh, mm. But I don't think it's a good movie. Which was actually I, a remake. Yeah, you, it was yeah. a remake of yeah. a Mexican film. And But I... I, the reason I hate Cameron Crowe so much, except for Fast Times, is pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Which not he pretty wrote, decent, but he it, didn't direct. But he wrote why not? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is he he wrote the script for it, so I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Uh-huh. Um, he he just writes quotes and then fills and plot around it. I yeah, mean, you know. Yeah, he he writes. He's, well, he does have some of those he's, he's iconic good. lines. He, well, he's and and little iconic moments like the stereo with Lloyd Dobler mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But everything around those moments is nonsense and like mm. just interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, and well, I'm Jerry McGuire's truly awful. You, you know, even in its time when I would have been most susceptible to its charms, I remember seeing that film and feeling like, eh, that did, yeah, I don't know. Does that really, is that, does that make a great film? Um, but I, but I chalked a lot of that up to just not being that into sports because it's kind of, he's a sports agent and I don't know. Like it's the, very the, much of that 90s moment. I think, yeah. Right. Where you could think of like Mission Impossible that same year. Yeah. It's like this action genre movie that kind right. of can come at any moment. Uh, right. Jerry Maguire's just like extremely mid 90s. I think of Seinfeld, Tommy right. Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> the most 90s thing I, I saw the other day, somebody posts like the most 90s thing that you could ever imagine. And it was a Windows 95 tutorial <laughs> hosted by Matthew Perry and uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And I had to agree. Like, as I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's pretty. But, that's you know, second runner up would have been Jerry Maguire. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom Cruise is one of those guys who I really do have this kind of weird, tortured relationship with because like you there's part of me that i see him and especially if i'm just seeing a still image of him like i recoil in horror in part the scientology stuff it just creeps me the heck out i mean when i see those like you've probably seen the video there that kind of leaked that was like an internal yes. thing that they use and it's like tom cruise on time tom cruise scientologist and he's using all their weird jargon and talking yeah. about how he's like receiving he's receiving a big medal too right like yes that. right yeah. he's being honored like that stuff just how much of a guiding light he has been for that organization and how sort of instrumental he's been and all that 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 weirds me out so th- so so there's that part of him there's the weird kind of plasticky kind of thing like Ethan we were talking had, about that he doesn't age and stuff Ethan had his IMDB page open mm-hmm. earlier and I glanced over at his laptop and it was just a picture of Tom Cruise smiling 
and it legitimately terrified that that <laughs> terrifies me. <laughs> well, there you go. But okay, but as Ethan has already said, that run of films in the '80s into the '90s is pretty undisputable. I mean, you you have I mean, even a film like Days of Thunder, which I would think a lot of people would put as like a lesser film. Yeah. It's you, a you remember you know I had to write down the name of his character in that because it's so awesome. Is it Dick Trickle? <laughs> That is, no, that's that the actual a, that racer. Beaver, that's the actual yeah. racer. Cole Trickle. Cole Trickle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, but even into the '90s, I mean, if we get yeah, past Jerry no, Maguire, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, never seen it. See, I I, I think you got to see that. I, that that's one I literally own it because I bought it. I was like, I need to see this. It's Kubrick's last and movie. And I it's I've never felt that I had the time to give Minority it, Report my my undisputed yeah. attention and. Uh, I never felt emotionally equipped to yeah. deal with it. Um, but I will say that the things that Tom Cruise established himself with, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Top Gun. I haven't seen Risky Business. I haven't yeah. seen Cocktail. See, this I is, haven't seen Born on the Fourth of July. Now, this is where... Rain Man? Rain Man? Uh, I haven't seen Rain Man. The generational divide yeah. makes a big yeah, difference here yeah. because growing up in the 80s, Tom Cruise was, even if I couldn't see, like because Risky Business... And Top Gun, well, no, Top Those Gun was PG-13. On, uh, on cable. Also, the Cocktail. There were these films that were like R-rated, I couldn't go see films, yeah. but that were huge. Like, yeah. Yeah. everybody and they're not good yeah. enough that you would recommend to someone like you. I would yeah. never say you need Retrospectively, to go back and see like, hey, go back yeah, and watch yeah. those. It was yeah. a time and a place. But I will say that I know another part of what kind of... Uh, colors my impression of him and my views towards him. The first introduction that I ever had to Tom Cruise ties in very well to this episode, um, but it was Mission Impossible 2. Like, I remember seeing it, and it was like, it was like a PG-13 action movie, and I was at an age where I still wasn't seeing PG-13 movies mm-hmm. with free reign. Like, it was still kind of like, you know, if my parents were case down with it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they let me see that. And I was like, Oh, this is badass. And I remember the music video, uh, that went with it for the Metallica song that was on the soundtrack, which is awful. I'm going to drop it right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just so ridiculous, and I was like, this, this, even as a youngster, I was like, this is kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that didn't uh, didn't bode well. But I see Ethan's about to bring up Collateral, which is a good I was, movie, right? Great movie. Good movie. And I'd forgotten about it. And going back through these movies, Michael so, Mann. Oh yeah, Colla- yeah. and Collateral is like he had just had The Last Samurai the year before, which, which was, was a huge. dud. And then this movie came out, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah he is Tom Cruise guy. Him, well, he, they're good. He, him and yeah. Jamie Foxx are good. He's movie. he's had a few kind of like near death experiences in terms of his stardom, um, yeah. like like uh, Last Samurai and Valkyrie. And Ooh, that was not good. 
you well, know, and Days of Thunder was a huge disappointment. Yeah, at the time, but he but he's always been able to pull it back, and he's had some really interesting. Like again, Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia. Magnolia. Is, uh, he's good in Magnolia, and I've always said this: it's because he is very unlikable in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Although, uh, I mean, there's there's some. Uh, you Call feel Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> Call up Loggins. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rock of Ages. I don't know. It's just, it, it is interesting looking at his filmography and realizing, wow, this guy has been in, has worked with some of the greatest directors of the late 20th, early 21st century, has been in some of the most interesting films of at least sort of mainstream yeah, uh, Hollywood filmmaking in those those years been part of one of the biggest franchises whether we love it or not yeah um, i mean that's fair you know mission impossible six films in still making huge box the numbers office. don't lie it's you know he, he's he's kind of just this i don't know force of he's nature tom cruise. he's tom cruise um it you know again i'm never gonna go see a movie just because tom cruise is in it that's just not my thing but i keep finding myself throughout my life drawn to seeing films that he's in because they become and people do we i remember earlier this year we went to see american made which would be his film. yeah i didn't see that and uh you know it was fine it's Mm -hmm. about this pilot who starts working remember the the trailer yeah but the theater was filled with people yeah. I mean, high school people on dates. It was about, right. the, it was about the drug trade, right? Yeah. Right. And, and him being that. a pilot. And it was all right, but uh, I think it did pretty well. At least it did when I was there, because people still want to see him. He's right. a, He is a star. He, he is. is. He yeah. is a legitimate star. Well, and Still, now, and for such a long period of time, it is impressive. Yeah. And likely due to drinking his own blood or human sacrifices. Right. And you um, brought up Minority Report, which yeah. in, the, in the episode that we did where we talked about that, I did say that this is a very rare performance from him that i did enjoy a great deal right um so i have not changed my stance on that yeah it, so a, a troubling figure perhaps but uh but one that we can all find uh at least at least some things to like i do want to say Tropic you know we, we have been throwing shade on scientology um because it's ridiculous over and over again and i just wanted to recommend uh if people have not seen going clear yes yeah Absolutely worth your time. Going clear, Scientology. Is that the Leah Remini? No, no, that's no. Going clear is based on a book by Lawrence Wright. It was extremely well researched. um, And Lawrence Wright, the New Yorker writer Mm. uh, and Texas writer, who's the filmmaker? Alex Gibney. Yes, who's also an award-winning documentary filmmaker. Right. So again, going clear, Scientology prison of belief. Absolutely recommended. Although you may find it even. If you aren't like Carlos, if you do kind of like Tom Cruise, you may find it really hard um, after watching this. And then also, I would also recommend the A&E series uh, with Leah Remini. Remini? Remini. 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 Uh, Scientology and the Aftermath, which really focuses on she was part of the Church of Scientology. And it really focuses on what happens happens when you get out. She's going after them, too. And uh, yeah, Yeah. but it is uh, it's a a really good documentary series. It's interesting too. Yeah. So I would recommend both those things uh, to temper your and there's, enjoyment. There's one more that I watched recently on um, Netflix. It's called My Scientology Movie. It was made in 2015 by hmm. Louis Thoreau. Um, and he, yeah. Is he, that Justin Thoreau's brother or something? I don't know. He's a, uh, or he's like the presenter of it. John Dower is the director. Hmm. Um, but okay. he, uh, you know, he tries to 
get them to talk to him just in general right. and um is trying to he's talking to a lot of former and i mean some of the people that were part of the church um who he's talking to that are now not were mm-hmm. I mean, one of these guys was like second in command. Yeah. I mean, he was like a high ranking church official. Um, and it's, I mean, it's crazy watching the aftermath of when they, when the church finds out he's doing this, what they do to try to stop uh, him, to from, pressure yeah. him into, you know, um, influence, yeah. I'll say influence him to stop his uh, project. Right. And it's very revealing. And, really disturbing yeah um, no a lot of yeah the, you just scratch a little bit uh the surface of scientology it gets disturbing really quickly yeah, yeah. and i my only experience before i saw that movie uh or before the leah remini one came out um, i've never seen i think this is actually my first time hearing about going clear the yeah. name sounds familiar but um, I, our- I walked into a scientology church uh-huh. um in downtown portland oregon oh wow and i was on i was there with a a bunch of friends that are deeply religious, uh, uh, the Christianity right, side. Right. And I mean, the combativeness that they were met with when they revealed, uh, their personal leanings by the, uh, staff members there. Yeah. Uh, it, I didn't go inside at first. I was like, I'm not doing this. And then they were in there for so long that finally I was like, wait, what are we doing? Are we going to do anything else except hang out at the Church of Scientology today? And I went in, and they were like really going at each other, well, uh, I, like in a heated argument about it. Would wow. you say that when they went into that space, <laughs> they were entering into... into... <laughs> Well, I think this episode of the podcast has definitely veered into the danger zone. I think we probably should wrap this one up. Um, But beer. (laughs) beer Beer-wise, this this Imperial Java Stout has really helped uh, me to forget how terrible that arrogant bastard bottle was that I opened. Um, No, I'm really enjoying this. This Expel the thetans. Yes, it is exercising the demons. Yeah. Every now and then I like to take a somewhat smug look up through the light. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to be a little too intense about <laughs> no, 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 my no. beer tasting. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty dark. Oh, yeah. Color. Let's um, do that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely get the coffee. I mean, there's no doubt that they've incorporated the coffee. They tell you they have, and you can Two taste it. Two of my favorite it. things, coffee and beer. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, a Java Stout. It's chocolatey. Yeah. Um, definitely got the coffee. So good. Yeah. Um, my uh, ears are warming up a little bit because uh, of the high alcohol content. I would I would assume. There you go. I'm not mad about it. No. Um, so check out the uh, Santa Fe Brewing. Imperial Absolutely, not and a bad beer. Maybe if you're in the state, go visit the uh, Scientology holy site if you're so inclined. But uh, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> be aware yeah. that the neighborhood, the area, the region that you may be finding yourself in, right, could be perilous, hey, risky, or something. Right. You could be entering. Dodgy. The danger zone. zone, Right. So I I think, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, love him, hate him, whatever you think. He makes money. Um, And and Mission Impossible 6, if if you're in the mood for an actioner, I think 
hey, it's going to fit the bill. But um, but certainly if you're if you're wanting something a little bit headier, it's not going to go there for you. <laughs> um, so I think that's it for this episode of Beer in a Movie. Um, you know, hope you've enjoyed spending some time with us. Uh, and remember to hit us up on social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash beer in a movie TX. Um, as beer in a movie on Instagram, uh, where Carlos will will be posting all kinds of fun beer images, and beer in a movie podcast.com. Um, as always, you know, chime in, let us know what movies you think we should be watching, what beers we should be drinking. Yeah, if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, rate and review us. Uh, some people have left some reviews, some pretty positive ones. I, I yeah, read. people uh, people are digging what we're doing. Yeah, and uh, we are also uh, on Spotify. If you uh, weren't privy to that piece of information already, um, so that is also a good place to check us out. Um, I'm, I wasn't prepared to uh, <laughs> to do this, but I do want to shout out Corpus Christi Cosmos for leaving a review. Um, nice. I, I don't know exactly who that is. Uh, we are all AWOL Nation left a review, um, and we have six ratings overall. Those are the two that left... Uh, Reviews with that, like nice. left, you know, detailed reviews. Well, thank about you. It. So we we appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll do more shout outs if uh, if you uh, decide to go on and uh, give us a review. We'd we'd love that. So, um, until next time, you'll never know what you can do until you get it up as high as you can go. Out along the edges, always where I burn to be. The further on the edge, the hotter the intensity. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,